I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the win, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, episode 82, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think we have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, the Irresistible Force, the immovable object, the barely coherent kingpin, Brian Malonis. <laughs> What's going on, Mike? Late night tonight? Yes, yes, here we are, late Friday night. Yes, we're recording the podcast on Friday evening. Lots going on today on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Uh, but there, are a lot, there was a lot going on last week for me as well. I appeared... On NAI Pop for the first time, Kingpin. Oh, look at that. The For the Pops podcast with Scotty Slade and Jamie Jimikowski, episode two. I was a featured player along with Tarzan Taylor. I'll be sure not to listen to it. That's not nice, (laughs) Kingpin. Very good episode. Make sure you subscribe to NAI Pop. That is actually the physical feed we used to be on before we moved over to the new age insiders feed so look for that look for for the pops episode two a fun episode talking about wrestling and pop culture let them know that the wrestling podcast about nothing or i guess probably just me let them know mike crockett sent you i'll say it that way also brian i got an email from mike mongoose goodness longtime friend former referee uh friend of the wrestling podcast about nothing listener and we had talked last week, I think, about the fact that I don't have... I've never seen a rule book for pro wrestling. Yeah, and? Well, Mike Mongoose sent me the official National Wrestling Alliance wrestling rule book. Wow. So now I will know my ass from my elbow when it comes to refereeing, apparently. Well, that's still debatable. That's if I ever get back to refereeing, Brian. But we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, with this new diet regimen you're on, you never know. You never know, Kingpin. Uh, Okay, let's get into this, Brian. There's no time to waste. Today on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on the NAI Wrestling Network, we've got your promo about nothing coming up and a whole lot more. But first, we are joined by two gentlemen who host a podcast that we're quite fond of, the Main Event Podcast, and that's Maine with an E, as in the state of Maine. First, joining us, we have... Johnny Fashion. Welcome, Johnny. Hey, what's going on, guys? All right, took a little while for us to get hooked up, but we're here. And yes. uh, joining you, of course, your partner on the main event podcast, Big Bad Harmon. How are you, BBH? I am doing well. Well, sort of. I'm trying to get over a cold that it's really kicking my butt, but <laughs> playing hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. We became aware of you guys because you decided to 
bestow on Brian the honor of being one of the first guests in your podcast. Isn't that right? He was like one of the first. He was, yeah, he was like one of the first actual people that we spoke to, <laughs> like at a live indie show. And it was great, man. Uh, I always talk about it and say that he was super nice to us and kind of welcomed us with open arms. And uh, it was great, man. Yeah, he was, he was the first ever person on our old podcast. So, yeah. Uh, flies in the face of uh, Mike Crockett's uh, portrayal of me. <laughs> really does. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And, uh, well, I met big bad Harmon recently and we mentioned uh well you mentioned to me Harmon, how you just kind of show up when johnny tells you i'm the talent yes <laughs> it kind of hit me that you're the malonis of the main event podcast so the star exactly ouch <laughs> the guy that uh shows up and puts the butts in the seats i guess there you go i'm butts the host of the wrestling podcast about nothing <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny Fashion, of course, the hardworking go-getter, doing the recording, the editing, all that stuff. He's the Crockett, of course, of the main event podcast. Yeah, man. Jobbers. You know, somebody's going to make the moolah. Oh, well, you do have uh, some sponsors on that podcast. I know that I was a big fan of watching your unboxing videos. Yeah, just uh, life kind of got in the way. I haven't really done in any last couple months. Uh, just been really busy with, uh, you know, the kid and... You know, stuff, work, you know, all that jazz. So, it, Oh, God, don't mention being busy to Michael. He'll go on and on and on about how busy he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I still subscribe. I still get all the get all the loot, man. I love um, that wrestling club. They're great, and I still get it. I just don't really do the unboxings that much anymore. But, yeah, man, we, uh, we try to pull in sponsors and make – some money any any way we can with this crazy thing called the podcast so yeah thank you for taking some time to be with us here on the wrestling podcast about nothing and i've mentioned to you guys how jealous i am of the schedule you set up for your podcast you know what you're talking about each week and once a month you review a wrestling related film so i figured we'd bring you guys on so you can't sue us for stealing one of your gimmicks Oh, that's fine. You guys have actually been uh, guests on our podcast for uh, two separate occasions uh, to uh, review some movies. So I figure this is just returning the favor and, uh, you know, running us through the gauntlet. I, I'm i nervous about what we uh, what we picked or what you guys picked for us tonight. Right. And we let the Kingpin pick the movie that you reviewed and you picked the movie that he reviewed, which backfired horribly. Um, <laughs> he loved it. Well, Harmon, I said this to you guys on your podcast, but Brian no sold the shittiness of the movie and gave it a positive review just to drive me crazy, basically. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. He was pretty convincing. Professional he is. Mike thinks that the world revolves around him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I wanted to watch a movie with you guys that is sure to get me my revenge for what you put me through. Oh, yeah. This is a movie I actually rented from the video store in the early 1990s, and I really didn't understand it at the time, and I understand it maybe slightly more now. Uh, <laughs> that makes one of us. <laughs> now, for you younger folks, out there, so, video stores were these places where you went, and you gave them money, and they'd let you borrow a movie. Then you'd return. <laughs> it was like a library. <laughs> yeah, it was a very brick-and-mortar kind of... Uh, it was a store. You actually had to go there and do things. Streaming didn't exist. It was like Blockbuster Video was the fucking place to be on Friday nights, my man. <laughs> oh, man. Love it. New releases. <laughs> so I went to Blockbuster back in the early 90s, and I picked up Grunt, the wrestling movie. And that is Grunt with an exclamation point. 
and that movie was released in 1985, and that's my pick. First impressions. What'd you think when I said we're going to watch Grunt? Brian Malonis, you first. Um, you know, based on your description of how outrageous it was, I was kind of excited, actually. But that dissipated very quickly, correct? Uh, yeah, as I was texting you, as I was watching this uh, abortion. <laughs> okay. Uh, Johnny Fashion, what were your initial thoughts? Oh, boy. Just by the name, I had no idea what it was. Uh, I thought it was just like some weird porno that you wanted us to watch. Uh, and it was just, I, I didn't know anything about it. You said it was on YouTube. So I went to YouTube. I saw the trailer. I watched the trailer. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be terrible. Uh, absolutely terrible. And then, uh, and then I had a complete 180 when I actually watched the film. So we can get into that in a little bit. Ooh, okay. Harmon, what did you think? I thought, thank God this is free on YouTube. <laughs> it was free for you guys? I rented it on Amazon Prime. Oh, no. Come on, no, Brian. It was, it's on YouTube. You could just watch it on YouTube. $3 in the hole now, Brian Malonis. Wow. My goodness. Wow. That, I know, right? That's right. I think we had, we had to pay 5 bucks for uh, pro wrestlers versus zombies, which <laughs> Grunt is 10 times the movie that that is. So. They can keep the three bucks. Can I have the 90 minutes or so back in my life? <laughs> no. Okay, so this movie, guys, starred Greg Magic Schwartz. Are you sure this isn't a porno? Seriously, like, come on. <laughs> With that name. No, Magic Schwartz is a mainstream movie superstar. Did you not see Over the Top? He played Smasher in that movie. And the crowd no? was loud. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> He was the guy at the bar, the first the bar where he took the kid, right? I believe so, yes. That was his claim to fame, over the top. But I went to his website, magicschwartz.com. Wow, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> it looks like one of those old GeoCity sites. Like, it hasn't been updated since 1995. And it says right across the top, professional bad guy. <laughs> so it's very well done. Uh, his special talents he lists on his website. He is knife throwing, bullwhip, archery, scuba diving, personal trainer, fight coordinator, bodyguarding, bodybuilding, stage managing, professional fighting, and fly fishing. Oh, nice. Sounds like the next KR right. champion to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you say that because the wrestling thing wasn't just for this movie. He actually did work as a pro wrestler. He worked under the name Harley Davidson for a number of years. Yeah. Wow. Uh, did he team with the Marlboro Man? <laughs> he very well may have. In, uh, in, uh, in 1991, he was in a movie called Stone Cold, which, huh? Wrestling tie-in? There you go. Brian Bosworth. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Brian Bosworth. He was also good friends with Mickey Rourke. And we'll kind of we'll come back to that later. Fun tidbit about that later on. Okay, so let's get into the movie Grunt, the wrestling movie. It opens... With no music, very strangely, just wind blowing. Black screen, just flashing the names of the cast. A little weird, didn't you think, Kingpin? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, considering it was a wrestling movie. Yeah, it was just kind of an odd choice to me. No rock and roll hitting you in the face right away, just wind. Well, anyway, we go right to the title card. It is Skull Crusher Johnson versus Mad Dog Joe DeCurso. The year is 1979. Mad Dog Joe DeCurso, played by the aforementioned Magic Schwartz, is someone we're going to be talking about a lot. 
way too much, actually. And the Skull Crusher is played by Victor Rivera, who is actually a former WWWF tag team champion with Dominic DiNucci. Bet you guys didn't know that. No, I, I assumed that there were like a ton of uh, that era wrestlers that I didn't really know much about. But uh, there were a few of them that stood out like later on in the film. I was like, hey, that's I know who that person is. But but yeah, I assumed that there would be stuff like that popping up in this movie that you would have right in your arsenal to throw out little tidbits. Yeah, the, the, st- the stereotypes with, of professional wrestling were very uh, heavy right from the start in this one. Well, yeah, I mean, Mad Dog and Skull Crusher are like two of the most generic names I've ever heard. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So this is archival footage, I guess, from this match. They take us right into it. And for this time period, this is like pretty advanced stuff. I mean, there is a modified Hurricane Rana over the ropes to the floor. There's a leap off the post by a Skull Crusher. I mean, he misses a senton at one point. This is for 1985. Pretty crazy. I mean, this is nowhere close to what you were seeing in the WWF at that time. What do you think, Harmon, about what you saw in terms of the wrestling in this match and this movie in general? You know, I, I liked it, kind of. I mean, it was just a lot of uh, classic big man wrestling. It wasn't a lot of fancy, fancy stuff. It was more kick, punch, bounce off the ropes. You know, I, I, I liked it. it. It worked well for this film. Yeah, and uh, one of those stomp kick moves was directly to the lower, lower extremities of Bad Dog Joe DeCurso and the announcer... The old walnut cracker? <laughs> In some circles, that's known as the old walnut cracker. It's the walnut cracker. You didn't say it right, King Ken. The old walnut cracker. Good God. Yeah, so uh, Mad, Mad Dog's manager, Sweet Lola is there at ringside and she gets involved at one point and Johnson is a manager as well. Skull Crusher Johnson. His manager is JJJ triple J. Apparently. I don't know if he sings any songs. Kingpin. What, what is the deal with? So, and this is kind of a consistent theme throughout this movie with all the matches. They're essentially ECW, right? I, yeah. We're going to get into all this the, about the, the referees matches have no rules. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. The referees are, uh, it's not a good movie. If you're a professional wrestling referee, Oh, now it comes out. Now we know why Mike didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> well, I didn't say I didn't like it, but you know, there's a lot of chicanery going on. <laughs> Triple J there, his manager, gets dropped in the ring by Lola, and they're like fighting actually in the ring. No DQ is called when all this uh, stuff is going on. So Skull Crusher, here's the big moment. Skull Crusher ends up hung up in the ropes. The ropes wrapped around his neck like Cactus Jack would do years later, where he'd end up just with his head stuck in between the ropes. And do you want to describe what happens next? Yeah, so he gets his head stuck in there, and uh, Mad Dog is just bouncing off the ropes, really getting uh, building up some steam. And then uh, I want to say he goes, is it a dive or something that he goes for, or a kick or something? And he just A drop kick. Yeah, a drop kick, and he, uh, he knocks... Skull Crusher's head clean off, decapitates him. Decapitates him. I got a serious question for you guys, though. Just because What's somebody that? got decapitated, does that mean they're no longer the champion? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Loved it. I love that <laughs> joke. 
I thought it was fantastic. I have that in my notes. I loved like the deadpan of everybody like going like, oh, well, I don't know. Is he still the champ? He hasn't defended it in six years. Like, <laughs> like I just thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was great. What, my notes. In my notes. Yeah. Six fucking years. Loved question it. mark, question mark, question mark. And then right, right below it, 15 minutes in. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I like uh, Skull Crusher's. Uh, is it Skull? No, it's not Skull Crusher's manager, is it? It's somebody says uh, he's come back from worse. <laughs> it was his manager. <laughs> yeah. manager? Yeah. Yes, I have it here. Here we go. Skull Crusher Johnson is still the champion. Skull Crusher Johnson has come back from worse, far worse than this. You can believe that. <laughs> far worse far worse uh, i thought that's a great line really good when they asked the people in the crowd they're like how do you feel shocked how do you feel horrified <laughs> that's you know what six months later how do you feel now uh horrified shocked it was just opposite of what they were last time it's so good like i love that like that's like I don't know. I I find that kind of humor really funny, and I was laughing like through like this entire movie. I, I liked the that, whole. That's that's about the point. I realized like, oh, they're just making fun of wrestling with this movie. <laughs> so yeah, there's some humor involved. The you know some of us might have enjoyed it, some of us might not have. But that was the that was the intent anyway of with a lot of this stuff. So after the head goes flying into the front row. Skull Crusher's head. Uh, the ref, then he calls for the DQ. Apparently, you can't knock anyone's <laughs> head off of their bodies. That's a disqualification. Triple J, the you know the manager, JJJ, Lola in the ring rolling around. The DQ should have happened there. So I put the blame squarely on the referee. Wow. Whoa. Crockett. Yeah, I mean, it, from Mike Crockett. I did not. It was a DQ coming. early. Like, there should have been. Skull Crusher Johnson would still be alive today. Wow, just throwing one of your own under the bus there. Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> I take no prisoners. Right. So, so uh, yes, we talked about uh, JJJ, and they're, they're asking things like... Commissioner, have you made a decision yet? Does a guy that loses his hand lose his title? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is six years later. Uh, well, before that, we find out that Mad Dog was acquitted in the accidental death of Skull Crusher, but he ended up body slamming the judge, the bailiff, and all of the jury and got 90 days in jail. 90 days. That's it, huh? So I would love to kind of see that scene. Just 12 jury members, one by one, feeding for body slams. That would have been a good scene <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, that's in the deleted scenes. That's in the deleted scenes of this movie. I guess so. Uh, Joe DeCurso, they say, went into a deep depression after all this stuff went down. He was last seen in the breadline at the Mission Mission. Not quite sure I get the joke there. But anyway, they say he reportedly jumped off the Oakland Bay Bridge to his death. So Mad Dog Joe DeCurso presumed dead. I wonder who's taking care of Sweet yes. Lola during this time, huh? Oh, we get the Sweet Lola in a little bit, man. <laughs> yeah. As you guys said, six years later, six years pass, and the commissioner has finally made a decision. It has been brought to our attention that Skull Crusher Johnson has not defended his title in the six years since his decapitation. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so, <absurd. laughs> so they announced it's going to be a battle royale to name a new oh, champ. So royale. And the thing they used to get on Shawn Michaels for not defending his, you know, European championship after 30 days, you know, ridiculous. 
I know, six years. <laughs> from there we go from black and white to color, and it's here we realize that we're in the midst of a documentary. Uh, actually, this movie came out the year after This is Spinal Tap, and of course that movie brought about this mockumentary-style film, and that's kind of what... Uh, Grunt is trying to be anyway. And we are introduced to the director of that film, Leslie Uggams. No, not the Leslie Uggams. <laughs> it's a great line. Such a great line. So you know what this is about, Johnny? No, I have no idea. <laughs> so there is a Leslie Uggams, actually. It's an actress, and she was in the movie Roots. And you guys have seen Deadpool, right? Yeah. Yeah. She played Blind Al in that movie. Yeah. Oh, his roommate? Yeah. Oh. All right. <laughs> so that's Leslie Uggams. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> and we meet the other Leslie Uggams who looks like Ed Bagley Jr. No, nothing on Ed Bagley Jr.? Don't get nope. the reference. Nope. nope. Brian, he, he's the, uh, the doctor on Kirby Enthusiasm this season. Oh, okay. All right, Leslie, the director, is setting up the rest of the movie and talking about how he fell in love with professional wrestling. Howard, do you remember what he said? I don't remember. Okay. Well, Leslie, the director, says he walked into his parents' bedroom. Oh, oh yes. Yes, <laughs> I have a note about this. Here, director wrestling. inspired by his parents' fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get out of here, kid. You're not old enough. Yeah. <laughs> The premise of Leslie's documentary is Mad Dog Joe DiCurso may not be dead. He may be now known as The Mask. The Mask is a new wrestler who wears a mask and he's fresh on the scene. They say he has a similar build to Mad Dog and he didn't really seem to have that similar of a build to me. What about you, Harmon? Uh, yeah. Um, plus he had like the blonde hair hanging out the back of the mask. I think that was the, the big, you know, similarity to start the big giveaway, huh? All right. Now they finished the opening credits and now we get our music. And this is a song that's been in my head nonstop and it's going to be in your head out there too. Let's take a listen. No, I love it. Super catchy. Loved it. I, I loved all the music in this movie. Guys, have I said I, I do? I did like the song. <laughs> Guys, have I said that I like this movie yet? A couple, couple, three yeah, times. Just like, yeah, just a couple times. Yeah, no, I, I thought the music in the whole movie was great. The song was especially good. So we pick up with Leslie, the director, backstage at a wrestling event, looking to get an interview with the mask, and he runs into a woman with a bad accent called Angel Face. Her accent was fantastic. Yeah, uh, so... <laughs> he just disregards He's like, yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, she's well, go fuck yourself, Big Bad Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, she is, uh, she is French, like... For real, man. I mean, I think, right? I looked. I thought I looked it up. She, yes. She has a French accent. What's wrong with a French accent? Come on. She has like the highlight of the movie coming up here. <laughs> yes, she does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know where he's going. So, yeah, we see the mask for the first time. It's a guy, uh, well, in a mask. Around the eyes, it kind of looks like Gene Simmons' makeup. He's got like a mohawk on top. We see him in the ring dismantling someone, and we meet for the first time Dr. Tweed. 
Mm. <laughs> fucking tool. Can we rewind for one second and talk about how fucking cool the mask's like gear actually is? Like the actual mask and the gear. Yeah, it was great. For as shitty as this movie was, I thought the actual like mask and the dude's gear was was on point. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, Doctor Tweed sounded a little like Jeff Goldblum to me. <laughs> yeah, I can no? see that for sure. No, I definitely can see that. Yeah. When we all remake this movie, let's uh, get Jeff Goldblum to play <laughs> Tweed here. <laughs> we can't afford him anymore. He did the uh, Thor movie. So Dr. Tweed is the president of the Mad Dog is Mask fan club, we are told. <laughs> so apparently Mask and uh, Joe DeCurso have similar chest tattoos, but Mad Dog has arm tattoos and Mask does not. So how can they be the same guy? We, we go to a doctor to find out. Yes, and the, there are a number of options, including arm transplants. Right, that's the big thing over, uh, what, in Russia, he says or something? Yeah. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard at that part. I thought it was great. Uh, if arm transplants were, like, a real thing, I would be like, sign me up for the Scott Steiner package. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Peaks package. Yeah. <laughs> So, Johnny Fashion, let's get back to your lady, Sweet Lola. They tried to interview her. Leslie is the director, Tweed, the fan club president. They tried to interview Sweet Lola. And uh, actually, Leslie is wearing a fanny pack. I really wanted to point that out. He's really a big admirer of the business, I, I take it. Right. You could buy a fanny pack anywhere in 1985. Come on. Right. That's the only thing his dad was wearing that night was a fanny pack while he's plowing his mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they go up the stairs to meet Sweet Lola, and she approaches them with a frying pan. And the result? <laughs> Gongs them both in the head with the frying pan. Why wouldn't you? So Lola's not talking. So next up is the Grunt Brothers. We know these guys, at least one of them, right, Kingpin? Dick Murdoch. Yeah. yeah. And you know who the other one was? I do not. He was Dick Byer, also known as the Destroyer. He was the unmasked version of the Destroyer, basically. Ah. Hmm. Nice. I, I knew I knew uh, Dick Murdoch. I was excited to see Dick Murdoch in this. I was like, I know that name from my youth. There was a two-on-one match booked against the Mask. The Grunt Brothers against the Mask. I don't know why. Who books this shit? <laughs> the, the pre-match interview the grunt brothers shit all over the mask and then what was the name angel face or whatever starts talking and the grunt brothers just come over like a shover in the face yeah (laughs) speaking of angel face talking it will crush your puny heads like moss balls so is that maurice (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so hot (laughs) (laughs) so yeah there's a, a big Johnny Brook backstage, and then we cut to the match in the ring. We go from the big brawl backstage to a highlight package of the match, and then the, it starts with multiple snapmares. <laughs> Snapmare City, baby. Very impressive. So uh, we, we talked about the music, uh, a big part of this movie. A lot of the music was provided by exotic Adrian Street, who we'll talk about in mere moments. He was a part of this movie as a 
as a character, but as I said, also supplied songs, including this one. I want to hear the crunch. I want to hear the crash. I want to hear the moans and groans. I don't know why, but I only have to break in bones. <laughs> God, that's catchy. Lots of songs like that. That song was great. <laughs> I think Malone should come down to the ring of that song. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you give that song to ROH, you go on top. I'm just saying. <laughs> putting that out there. Over. Harmon, next up is your favorite part of the movie, from what I yeah, understand. Like I stopped watching after this. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> uh, yeah, so Angel Face <laughs> does a little distraction maneuver, uh, you know, a la, you know, Sable, 1998. <laughs> And she, uh, she I wrote in big letters, boobies, <laughs> boobies, <laughs> little French boobies. Yeah, I was extremely excited when I was 17 watching this movie. <laughs> you know, the internet wasn't really a big thing yet. It moved, Mike. It moved. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you like did you have to like pause use the pause button pause and like it. like fiddle it, with the tracking a little yeah. bit just to get a clear get the squiggles to right where you needed them to be? Yeah, yeah. No, we all know. We all know how that game is played. I was glad that this part happened, by the way, guys. Have I said I liked this movie? This was a good part of the movie, I thought. I I instantly fell in love with Angel Face at that moment. I was like, whoa, all right. That's the uh, that's the kind of manager she's gonna be. Fantastic. Sign me up. This promotion was essentially ECW, by the way. That's mm. it's it's ECW. Yeah, yeah. She was the uh, Jenna Jameson or who? Uh, Jasmine St. Clair. Yeah, well, well, I think they're both, both in ECW. The, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah. At one point, Dick Murdoch takes an inverted atomic drop, and I'm going to talk about this a couple times in this review. The overdubbed sound effects that they would add in, the voices from the crowd, the grunts and groans of the match, they would uh, do these in post and stick them in afterwards, and they were completely out of place, especially this one from Dick Murdoch. Let's see if you can hear this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, good. so good yes the sound dick murdoch never made in his life also there's a random dog sitting at ringside for this match with a mask mask on yes <laughs> yeah i think it was it, the same dog in russell madness that's what i, I figured I <laughs> so yeah we'll see this dog a, a couple more times I, I guess it ends up it's angel face's dog and it's wearing a a mask i don't know if the MSPCA was consulted about this, just putting this restricting mask on a dog's snout. But all right, it's nineteen eighty five, right? No, it's nineteen eighty five. That dog definitely died on set, so that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see one of those warnings. No animals were harmed during the make of this film. (laughs) There's none of that. Like there were multiple animals in this movie, but I didn't see that disclaimer. So I'm assuming that dog is dead. They all died. Yep. Let's meet Dick Cough. He's a wrestler, trainer, slash manager, I think. And he was swearing a lot, but apparently he was being beeped. He, he beeped himself, just like um, Jamie Dabikowski did last week on our yeah, podcast. They'll show, they'll show think, some tits, but they'll bleep out swears. I think this guy was the uh, the basis for, like, Patches O'Houlihan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great <Yeah>. reference. <laughs> yep. I thought this scene was hilarious. Like the more the more beeps, like I just I just laughed even harder. Like the like just like the comedic genius of like the excessive bleeps. 
were so funny to me. Every time it happened, I was like, they're still going with it. My God. And they just kept he, like the pauses in between the beep beeps just kept getting like shorter and shorter. So it was just like every other word was, was just a bleep. It's great. We got one little clip right here. When I met Joe, he was slicker than bat shit out of a wet doormat. <laughs> <laughs> and he also said he'd rather bleep a bobcat in a phone booth than fight Joe. great one-liners man so good so the we get out of this is that uh dick teamed mad dog joe with captain carnage i'll hear about from him later on what was that uh, johnny fashion you're not a fan no it wasn't me loved captain carnage thought he was great i think it was malonis uh sighing again stereotypical wrestling name (laughs) yes captain Captain carnage But Brian, didn't he look like Captain Carnage? Not in the slightest. <laughs> a big bodybuilder in, in red trunks. Yep. So back in the day, there was a falling out between Mad Dog and Captain Carnage. And I guess we'll follow up on that a little later. But Dick, in the end, says they have to see Lola if they want answers. They're frying pan lady. And Lola finally lets them in to talk. And she's got all this stuff of his around her apartment. She calls it junk. And she has to get rid of it. And uh, he's got a whoopee cushion. And I don't understand why uh, he has a whoopee cushion. Uh, what, what kind of whoopee cushion was it, though, Mike? grade whoopee cushion. Thank you. <laughs> Only the best. <laughs> and she also says something very interesting here. He loves jokes. He loves swerves. That's wrestling talk. He loves swerves. Bro. Foreshadowing, perhaps? Yeah. Told you guys, this movie is great. (laughs) (laughs) So she says she knows Mad Dog, and he's not the type to jump off a bridge. He's probably shacked up with some bimbo. Yeah. One of, no, one of my favorite lines, she says, uh, she she's like throwing his clothes out of the closet and she goes, what do they say? The clothes make the man. Well, I've got the clothes, but not the man. I was like, genius. That's a great line. Great line. <laughs> I imagine this, this played out many, many times in women in like Jake the Snake Roberts life, you know, like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, like many times they were like, God damn it. He's never coming back. I'll throw away all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking more like flair, like a really like a like a great uh like a great closet full of like all these suits. And then it's just like, eh, well, he's, he's not coming back. He's never coming back with a suit with a 12 inch collar. <laughs> Sorry, that got me. <laughs> 12 inch what? Collar. Oh, collar. 12 inch collar. All right. So we're introduced to El Toro. Mondo Guerrero of the famed Guerrero family. He's the brother of Chavo Sr. Hector and Eddie. And... The interviewer of Toro is really, really excited for this upcoming match. Stay tuned. Looks like it's going to be a good show tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. Uh, did you guys know that El Toro is the best in, uh, and wait, what? Athens, Georgia? Yeah. How weird was that? <laughs> uh, again, I think it was just like a, a tongue in cheek kind of joke. You have like all these rednecks. Uh, one dude's wearing like the Confederate flag, like on his hat. And he's just like, <laughs> and he's just like, oh man, I think El Toro's got it tonight. I love that guy. <laughs> no, you don't. Like, come on. Stars uh, and bars, baby. <laughs> oh, it was so good. It was so funny to me. He was really good in the ring though. Well, yeah, man. He's a Guerrero. 
Exactly. So as I mentioned, the overdubbed voices, like they had like overdubs of like single people in the crowd, like this guy. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Oh, I was taking a drink right at that moment. <laughs> that almost that almost ended badly. Whoo, that was a good call, Crockett. Good timing. So he, the mask brings a wooden set of stairs into the ring, slams El Toro on it. El Toro's back gets busted open hard way. No call from the ref. No, that, those stairs shattered. But yeah, no yes, call. Yes, they did. No uh, so no call from the ref whatsoever. The announcer, however, says this. That's illegal, Jared. Where's the referee? That's ground for disqualification. Yeah, she was good too, that, that female announcer. Yes, the uh, the line of the movie to me, the act, absolute line of the movie, so true even today. It's just this perfect, absolutely perfect. Here we go. Never in my six months of watching wrestling have I seen anything as bloody and gory and violent as this. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Uh, How can you not like this movie, Kingpin? <laughs> well, it was something. Come on, man. I think it's great. I, I hilarious. I was laughing the whole time. So were any of you guys aware of Wally George? No, no. <laughs> I remember this guy. He was known as the father of combat TV. He actually predates Morton Downey Jr. This is a real guy. This is a real show that he did called the hot seat. This Wally George, he really knows how to play to the crowd. He calls himself a disc jockey. I call him a disc jerky. How about you? huh? <laughs> Yeah, he's like super disrespectful to like all his guests, but his crowd just like eats it up. It would be like it'd be like if Jerry Springer was just like a, a complete dickhead. Like it, was just, it would be it'd be like that. It'd be like if Trump had like a like an actual talk show. Like he would just bring in his crowd and just like it'd be awesome. <laughs> it'd be great. And it ended up with with the mask coming out uh, as a guest on the hot seat with Wally George. And while he comes out the gates hot, just are you Joe DeCurso for crying out loud? He gets nose to nose with him asking if he's Joe. Mask grabs him by the collar. Security comes in. People get bumped. It's the whole thing. It's a, another Donnybrook there on the Wally Jordan show. Kingpin, how you feel about this so far? Terrible. This movie's terrible. The only thing I feel good about is the way the mask looks. He looks great. <laughs> yep. I want to book him. <laughs> mask gets to the arena and mask is in full get up cape and all walking into the arena uh i know kingpin that in, in the past there have been some people that we've known that have showed up completely in gear mike wrestlers only wear gear i don't know what you're talking about i'm, I'm sitting here right now in my gear <laughs> i want that to be true so bad <laughs> <laughs> just wearing your steelers pants you know so the mask is taking on the Great Pyramid. So what is the big reveal? <laughs> it's uh, little people. Yes, there's a big, long, hooded cloak, and it looks like a big, tall gentleman, and the cloak opens up, and there's four... And it was me, Austin! It was me all along, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, four little people. And they sounded like this. Come on, you big luck. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Entire match. Holy Toledo. I had moments with this movie I really enjoyed, but this was the most annoying scene of all time. 
constant chipmunk dialogue throughout the entire match. Uh, it's not, it's not like the lollipop guild, you know. How else do little people yeah, talk? It, it, Brian, <laughs> come on now. Come on now. It got even worse. They got even higher pitch. Listen, here we go. Two and a half minutes. Holy shit. <laughs> so Mask walks out of this match, loses by count out, and the crowd kind of turns on the Mask at this point, throwing popcorn. Uh, I don't know what the hell went on there, but apparently the Mask was upset. Yeah, I didn't really get it either. I just assumed that he was like, he thought that this was like beneath him or something, or I don't know. Like he got really upset for some strange reason and he didn't want to uh, take on the great pyramid. I, I thought the great pyramid was a great uh, character because it was just built up of like four people, but I thought it was really cool that that should exist today. <laughs> I thought it was neat. I thought it was, like, I thought it was, I thought it was a good character. Harmon, did you enjoy or not enjoy the great pyramid? I, I hated it for the same reason you did the, the, the voiceovers. But I think he left uh, Angel Face, I think, because she booked him the match and he didn't know what he was getting into. And he said, no, well, that's enough of that and kicked her to the curb. Oh, OK. I see. Hmm. Do you hmm. think he just has a phobia of little people? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it was for the mask. All right. Let's talk about exotic Adrian Street. He is the star in terms of the music in this movie but he appears on the exotic adrian street show can i just say that i remember adrian street as a when i was a kid uh like very briefly um i had to kind of like just look him up and do some research and i was like oh yeah i do remember this guy uh and i remember also being like scared of him as a kid like being like what is this like i don't understand what's going on here um but as an adult watching this, I was like, man, that guy was fucking awesome. <laughs> so that's my well, ahead of his time, I guess. Right? Super, super ahead of his time. Yeah. Very cool. I dig it. The mask is now managed. He he's done with angel face apparently because he didn't like the way she booked him into matches. Thanks Harmon. And John Tolos, the golden Greek is the new manager of the mask. Of course we know John Tolos. Do you know when the WWF kingpin coach? Yes. Right? The manager of Mr. Perfect, right? Correct. Oh, nice. Cool. I did not, I uh, did not know that. Very yeah, cool. I didn't pick that up either. One of the many managers of Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Quick question, guys. Better comb over John Tolos or Wally George. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, tough. Going to go Wally George. Uh, the, the golden Greek. I'll go the Golden Greek. Okay. They put over this battle battle royale that's coming up for the vacant title, and Adrian Street will be involved in that as well. And another guy will be involved too, because Adrian has a surprise guest. It's like the Merv Griffin show, Brian. <laughs> he skittles and animals. He's bringing in a special guest to snipe uh, the mask. You gotta do. Uh, you gotta change the format. Yes, it is Mad Dog's former tag team partner, Captain Carnage. Yay! The crowd goes wild. <laughs> they <did laughs> they sure do. You anyway <laughs> did. Um, Adrian asks Captain Carnage if the mask is Joe DeCurso. And Carnage, in the most dramatic read in cinema history, says, 
This is not Mad Dog Joe. Joe DiCurso was a credit to wrestling. You, you're stumped! Whoa. <laughs> Ten- is, tensions are high. No, he wasn't an actor, right? That he was just a bodybuilder? Yeah, very, uh, <laughs> very apparent. So I thought the mask turned heel. He's got the manager now. He walked away and the crowd was throwing shit at him. But they go through this whole scene, this little montage of all these people wearing mask merchandise, happy fans, mask madness, running wild. It's, it's, what the hell happened? A draw is a draw. I don't know. I Dude, I, this was my favorite part of the whole movie. Uh, these fan interviews you know like before the the battle royale like they were so awkward <laughs> like super like real and awkward and i feel like none of these people knew really what to say and it just made for just great great cinema <laughs> that one guy made up a whole like story he was like yeah i was at the diana ross concert with him in new york city yeah you can't talk about shows <laughs> like that because i'll come after you <laughs> So we heard from some of the wrestlers as well involved in this upcoming Battle Royal. They're in L.A. now at the famous Olympic Auditorium. It's time for this Battle Royale. Battle Royale. It's Royale with cheese, with extra cheese, I should say. <laughs> I was just thinking <laughs> good, good drop. That's good. <laughs> Brian, we hear from the Kami Warhead, a Russian. Oh, well, we can't Still discriminate. We need a good Russian in there. It's the 80s, Mike. Kami <laughs> Warhead is probably the most... <laughs> generic but awesome name they used this entire time yes a great name and a great promo let's hear from the cw <laughs> oh, goodness. that was not Kami warhead i'm sorry that was another famous russian <laughs> sorry guys a little uh little call back for us podcast about nothing Unbelievable. Uh, this is the Kami warhead I like when the big fat men hit the ground. That's what I like. And now there's going to be a lot of big fat men hitting the ground. Still, Brian, not the worst Russian accent we've heard. I think that goes to Kurchenko. <laughs> yeah, Kurchenko is much worse than this. So Kami Warhead's involved. They're all involved. We're ready for the Battle Royal. But first, there's a preliminary match with the ladies, the lovely ladies of professional wrestling. I'm not quite sure why they added this, but well, actually, now that I think about it, I know why they did it. Because it was an awesome song to go with it? <laughs> well, that, and they wanted to have them thrust random body parts at the camera. Yeah. Very gratuitous. Yes. Random ass shots and crotch shots. So, yeah, that's the one big reason. The other, yes, BBH, this Adrian Street hit. Somebody make a for Oh no. <laughs> she was a mighty big girl for her <laughs> age. age. So good, man. Such a this sound I want the soundtrack. <laughs> you think it's available on uh Apple Music? <laughs> Dude, if it is, like, you know what? Shit, I'm gonna Spotify the shit out of that right now. no way that's on spotify no it's true i'm about to find it like (laughs) on some weird some weird website where i could also buy this movie for three (laughs) dollars so it's time finally for the battle royale hey guys i just want to let you know that uh 
Mighty Big Girl for Her Age by Exotic Adrian Street is indeed on Apple Music. Uh, it is also on Spotify. So <laughs> fuck all y'all. Wow. I just found wow. it. Oh, amazing. Uh, Guys, I'm going to check out. I'm just going to listen to this whole album. Uh, it is <laughs> just added it is, to Macarmix. <laughs> it is called Shake, Wrestle, and Roll. It's by Exotic Adrian Street and the Pile Drivers. <laughs> Uh, saving playlist. <laughs> uh, carry on, guys. I'm just going to be over here now. <laughs> so we're getting to the battle royal, and everyone's coming down to the ring. The announcer states that a lot of babies were born this past week, and 22 of them were named either Mad Dog or Mask. <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. All right. Captain Carnage is, of course, one of those guys coming down to the ring, and he's led to the ring by Mad Dog's former manager, Sweet Lola. She's back. Yes, so this match, a battle royale, pinfall is also legal in this match, and the first elimination occurs when everyone piles on top of Cowboy Steve. Yes, I said Cowboy Steve. Cowboy Steve. Amazing. <laughs> I, I thought that was so weird, too. Like I, I guess I missed that, uh, that pinfalls were legal, and I was like, what the hell is happening? This isn't a battle royal. That's not, that's not an elimination. What the hell? And then, lo and behold, the movie. At goes this point on. in the movie, that's what you're questioning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want legitimacy around here. You, you didn't like this movie. <laughs> so then there's Rip Miller, who is being stomped on by the mask so hard, his tights turn into trunks. <laughs> I, I missed this. He's in black tights. He gets stomped, and suddenly he's now wearing red trunks. Yeah, better watch those. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, the the editing, as I said, a little wonky. So Rip Miller goes under the top rope, and apparently he's eliminated. I'm of the mind. Rip Miller still legal in this match. To this day, Rip Miller is legal in this match. I don't know, guys. Maybe that that's just one of the very few plot holes in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, by the way, before Rip goes to the back, he gets hit in the back of his head and his trunks turn back into tights. So he's in red tights again by the end of this thing. You know what the best part is? Our review of this movie is actually going to be longer than the movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're all out of that cake thing. Come on. <laughs> do you think that those edits were just like flubs or do you think that they, that, that was put there on purpose? Like to just be funny? I think it was a flub. You think it was a flub? Yeah. Or I think or I think they didn't have the shot that they needed, and they said, we'll just kind of jerry-rig it together. Yeah. They're like, hey, we need to reshoot that. And he's like, well, I only brought my trunks. Like, I don't have my tights. And he's like, ah, <laughs> screw it. Just, uh, just get in there. Yeah, exactly. It might have been a different guy completely, for, <laughs> yeah. all, for all I know. <laughs> okay. I was going to actually praise the generic 80s rock that they had in the background for this battle royal, but then they changed it. It got a lot stranger. It's a great song. I'm sorry. Like, it's so good. I know a weird choice for the match, but I don't know, man. That's a catchy song. I'm going to, I'm going to have to jam that, see where that is. Oh, God. <laughs> add to this the playlist. Is, yeah. This is <laughs> add to playlist. That's, this is all I'm going to listen to for the next couple of weeks. It's going to drive Harmon crazy. 
So in the end, of course, it comes down to the mask and Captain Carnage and the mask wraps Carnage's head in the ropes, just like the skull crusher in the beginning of the movie. So this has to be Mad Dog, right, guys? He's going for the decapitation drop. This is Mad Dog. Right. Mad Dog is mask. Mad Mask Dog is Mad Dog. Mask is Mad Dog. You know, it only makes sense. But then... Bum, bum, bum. It's Mad Dog! It's Mad Dog! Remember how he loves swerves? Loves it. So yeah, the door swings open and man on a motorcycle appears. It is Mad Dog Joe DeCurso. Unbelievable. Kingpin, were you surprised? Oh, I was shocked, Mike. Shocked, I tell you. I was horrified. I uh, I did uh, I did that classic like where you stand up and like the popcorn flies out of of your container. That's what I did at that moment. <laughs> so he goes. Mask is stopping and looking at uh, Mad Dog coming to the ring, but he says "fuck it" and goes for the decapitation drop kick. Mad Dog runs in, cuts Mask off, taking the bullet for Carnage essentially. So Mask gets Mad Dog around the throat with this chain. Hangs him essentially over his back, and he's seeing flashes of Skull Crusher of his past life. His life is flashing before his eyes, but he makes his big comeback, his zero to hero comeback. Joe goes for the mask, finally. Who really is the mask? We know it's not Mad Dog Joe DeCurso. Who is he? Harmon, who is he? I don't know. I saw him pull the mask off, and that was it. Yeah, it was just some. <laughs> Yeah, it was just some guy that like continued to wrestle under a different name somewhere else after. Like that was it. Like that was a big there's no reveal. That was it. I thought it was going to be Skull Crusher. Um <laughs> and I was like in this movie just decapitation. Yeah, I just come full circle cuz again, like if you guys recall, uh nobody has a problem with decapitation it doesn't mean death apparently so i was just like oh it's clearly gonna be skull crusher like imitating mad dog and uh yeah they do arm transplants why can't they do a head transplant exactly see you're you're with it crockett see you're all set so the big moment lola reunites with mad dog in the ring apparently forgiving the fact that he's been gone for six years and she thought he was shacking up with some other broad and we fade to black yeah. Wait. Can, can I just touch on that? She has no idea what he has been doing. He could have been with some bimbo. Like, right. He's just, he's, just, he's just gone for six years. No phone call or anything. Just And then he's just back and he 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 won a match. So she's in love with him again. So yeah, weird. But anyway, Wait. continue. Sorry. Did he win she a match? Totally took him back like immediately. Well, I guess not. No, he didn't, I guess. But he... he... Who did win the match? That's my question. Uh, yeah, nobody, right? I think Carnage is still stuck in the ropes as we speak. Yeah. Mad Dog didn't help Carnage get out of the ropes. He just came down and started beating up the mask. Yeah, there hasn't been a champion in six friggin' years. It all leads to this, and we don't get a finish in the goddamn Battle Royale. <laughs> I'd be pissed. I'd complain about it on a podcast, is what I would do. <laughs> so we get a little epilogue at the end here where Dr. Tweed says Mad Dog is taken off with Lola. No one knew where he was, and now no one knows where he is. Mm. The whole movie, he's presumed dead. He's here and gone in a flash. No resolution. We have no idea where he was in this six years. 
And I think like that's the funny part about the end is like they kind of make fun of uh, themselves and say like, yeah, that's that's really it. There's no big payoff at the because uh, because uh, Leslie wanted a big payoff for the documentary and he didn't get it. Right. So he's asking Tweed about like, oh, we got to get back out on the road. We got to we got to go find them and we, we need this big payoff. And he's just like, hey, how about we just go to lunch or something? Or why don't we do, why don't we do dinner? Is dinner is dinner included? Or yeah, is yeah. It the- and that's, you know, and then they just kind of like walk away and they kind of make fun of themselves for the for the uh, anti-climatic uh, big payoff finish. And then roll, roll credits. <laughs> like it, it, I thought it was funny. I thought it was I thought it was a I thought it was a funny thing to do. It was a little meta, the whole ending thing. There was no ending for the movie. I was confused. I'm sure Malonis was upset. <laughs> Not really. The movie's over. So you were happy. So you're God. <laughs> Guys, $600,000, the budget for this movie. They spent 400000 on music, so. It's true. <laughs> Some damn good music, though, guys. Come on. It's good stuff. So Greg Magic Schwartz played Mad Dog Joe DeCurso. And I talked about way back at the beginning of this thing that he is friends with Mickey Rourke. And, of course, Mickey Rourke starred in The Wrestler, which was a much more pleasant, though perhaps depressing, viewing experience than the one we just had. And I wanted to read this quote from Mickey Rourke. Here it is. My younger brother Joe, back in the day in Venice Beach, we used to go lift weights at Gold's Gym, which was the mecca of bodybuilding back then. And there was this guy named Magic. He had long blonde hair. He had two hearing aids and couldn't hear a fucking thing. He was a character, a biker dude who lived in a bus behind the gym. He wrestled on the side, and I based my character on this guy Magic more than anybody else. So yes, Mad Dog is not the mask. Mad Dog is Randy the friggin' Ram. Wow, what an Easter egg. Good sleuthing, Crockett. That's great. I like how this all came together. Well, gentlemen, uh, final thoughts, starting with Big Bad Harmon from the Main Event Podcast. Your thoughts on Grunt, the wrestling movie. There were parts that were that were hilarious. There were there were some funny parts, um, and we can we can thank the the Spinal Tap esque documentation of it, um, but. Uh, other than that, you know, I would probably only recommend this movie to people that I hate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Joy fashion. Oh, man. I thought it was great. <laughs> uh, great characters. Uh, I thought it was a pretty simple storyline. It was concise. A lot of the scenes were short uh, and, and funny, I thought. Um, a lot of funny tongue-in-cheek jokes. Um, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was ahead of its time. Not only, uh, Mad Dog's gear was ahead of its time, but I thought this movie was kind of ahead of its time. Obviously they used the, uh, this is Spinal Tap, uh, platform as the mockumentary thing, which I thought was, was cool. Um, I am glad that you guys introduced me to this. I think, uh, I think it was great. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not working you. I'm not pulling a Brian Malonis. I think it's, uh, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I would recommend it to somebody that I liked. And now uh, you have a new soundtrack for your work, right? Oh, the soundtrack alone is so good. I, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic that I found it on Spotify and I'm going to play it like all the time. It's great. Hey, I think on this one, the positives outweigh the negatives. I mean, the 
great pyramid was a very annoying scene. It was a it was a unique kind of funny concept, but I couldn't stand all the little noises. Uh, overall, I love the line about um you know in my six months this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. A lot of good stuff in this movie. I understood it a lot more. I think I went into this completely cold when I watched it for the first time on a VHS tape. I kind of, you know, a little older, a little wiser. I uh, was able to enjoy it a little bit more. Overall, I would give it a positive review. And we'll go for the final word to Kingpin. Brian Malone, it's your thoughts. It sucked. Thank you. Just like that. <laughs> If you start this review at the same time as the movie, the movie will get done first. <laughs> <laughs> so fact. Yeah, I may have to trim this down a little bit. Anyway, uh, guys, the main event podcast, let's talk about where people can find it and where people can find you guys on, on social media. Uh, yeah, so we are at Main Event Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, again, like you mentioned, Mike, uh, Maine with an E, as in the state of Maine. So that's at Main Event Pod. Uh, we are there on all social media. We're kind of we're on Podbean, we're on iTunes. Uh, we have a Teespring store if you guys want to buy some shirts and stuff. Uh, we've got a special limited edition shirt just running this month. Uh, it is to raise awareness for pancreatic cancer. Um, it's Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month, uh, and 100% of the proceeds go to Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, which is uh, just a phenomenal group. So if you guys feel like um, donating charity and getting a cool shirt in the process, uh, go to our Teespring store. It's just pinned at the top of our Twitter and Facebook pages. All right, and your podcast drops what day every week? Uh, it's usually ready for you guys Friday morning. Uh, I upload it like pretty late on Thursday, so it's ready for you Friday morning on your ride to work. And you talk about the scene in Maine, the Maine independent scene. You talk about WWE stuff. Of course, you review movies once a month as well. Uh, so much there on the Main Event Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and support our buddies, Johnny Fashion, Big Bad Harmon. Real pleasure to have you guys here today to talk about this. I wish it were under better circumstances. Thanks, man. This is uh, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm glad we got our technical difficulties uh, sorted at the beginning there, and uh, everything's good, man. Well, uh, we, we'd be happy to come back on anytime. Yeah, I'm glad you could have us on so you can feel good about stealing our gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys very much for being a part of the podcast today. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Hey, thank you, guys. All right, guys, we want your feedback. Every week, we do something called Merv Griffin Time, a talkback segment where we interact with you, the listener. So tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on the movie Grunt and our discussion about it with the guys from the Main Event Podcast. Use the hashtag WPAN. We'll mention you and your tweets later this week because every Thursday, it's an all-new, all-different episode of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDA Radio. Now, you can vote at the WPAN on Twitter Monday nights to decide what we discuss on the show each week, and you never know what else will come up, so be sure to seek that show out. Also, you can download past episodes of this very podcast. As they come off the NAI Wrestling Network feed, they get added over there. It is all on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed or your favorite podcast platform, or you can find it at bda-radio.com. But that's another show. The way you can interact with us right here on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network every week is through our voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. 
Get your voicemails in. We will play them on the podcast. Be a part of the show. 401-584-9726. And when you call, please try not to insult me. It was a rough week last week. <laughs> Deserved. <laughs> All right. It is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean? BDARadio.com. What does the BDA stand for? Bound for Glory and Departure Announcements? Brian, I'm considering Bound for Glory one word there. It's kind of like hashtag Bound for Glory. So that's the B. Uh, okay. And then it's Departure and Announcements, just to let you know. <laughs> I should have uh, cleared this with you beforehand. But yeah. Uh, so yeah. Lots of Impact Wrestling talent releases over the past week. Plus the entire referee squad headed by Earl Hebner. Uh, you, know, you have your James Storm is gone. Bram is gone. Eddie Kingston. Robbie E, not to mention the excommunication of Jeff Jarrett from the company. Plus, Anthem is moving the operations to Canada. Lots going on in Impact, but also lots going on in BDA Radio, the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. And yes, it's Impact Wrestling now, so the TNA you need is only available at BDARadio.com. Check out the knockout of the night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or is that? No, it's not available anymore. That's That went away. Tail of the tape. All right. <clears throat> All right, Brian. It's promo with nothing time. The year? 1982. So we're back in the olden days, the days of grunt. And we're in the Pacific Northwest, Portland Wrestling. And here's a guy that we just talked about last week, last Thursday, on the BDA Radio edition of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Make sure you go back and check it out. He was a Hall of Fame inductee last week at the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Well, no, actually the Butcher was inducted to the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. This man about to become a promo of a nothing, is none other than Dizzy Hogan. All right. Yes, I said Dizzy Hogan. This week's promo about nothing. And now uh, becoming even a little bit more known as the brother of Hulk Hogan. Dizzy Hogan. Well, thank you very much, Frank. You know, uh, I just want to tell the people that come out and see me this week uh, in North Bend and, and Eugene and Salem Thursday and Eugene Friday night. And I also wanted to say that, uh, that my brother, Hulk Hogan, one of the biggest and the most powerful men in wrestling today, may be coming out here to the Northwest, Frank, to stop in and visit with me for a couple of days and... Uh, and maybe get into that squared circle out there and uh, show some of these punks like Rocky Johnson around here and think they know something. Just just what exactly what they do know, Frank, and that's nothing. You understand what I'm saying, David? I know what you're saying. You know, uh, Frank, uh, a man like that, you know, uh, Johnny Carson's show, you know, in the movies and everything, Frank, making a lot of money and everything, you know. It makes me feel real good inside, you know, all that green, baby. I like to like to hold that green, hold it up, play with it a little bit, you know, count it once in a while. Dizzy, Dizzy Hogan coming up to talk to us, and brother Hulk Hogan might be here any time now in the Northwest. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me, Frank. Uh, 
you know, the hammer, baby, is getting more powerful every day. I've been training harder than I've ever trained in my life. I'm getting ready, baby, because one of these days they're going to put me in there with somebody that has that title belt, and I'm going to take it, baby. That's my dream, to have that title. Dizzy Hogan, thank you for coming up talking to us, Dizzy. So, so yeah, thankfully he did get to talk about himself. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was he talking about? <laughs> Putting over his brother, the Hulkster. <laughs> Counting that green. <laughs> <laughs> and how he he may be coming to the Pacific Northwest. Spoiler alert, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, what was the point of this promo really? I don't I don't really know. He just wants to uh hold it and play with it. <laughs> what else are you gonna do with it? <laughs> well, after what we've heard of oh, I won't even get into it about the news this week. Anyway, Dizzy Hogan. Uh, I didn't even know he was in the Pacific Northwest. I know Hulk Hogan wasn't, but Dizzy Hogan was, and this is the first time in wrestling history that you can recall, this is the first time I could think of, that someone coughs during a promo. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened before. <laughs> I don't recall ever hear, hearing this. Like, so they, they go to him like, hey, <coughs> oh, oh, sorry. Like, not, it wasn't faked. He was just, he had to cough. Maybe he just had a cigarette. Maybe you just had a ciggy butt. Yeah, maybe that's true. Uh, Dizzy Hogan, with, what a phenomenal talent. He started in Portland in 1982, of course, eventually coming to the WWF to join his apparent brother, Hulk Hogan, uh, because apparently Hulk Hogan was coming to visit him. So <laughs> that's how that went. All right, you've heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the to the video in the description of this episode on the NAI Wrestling Network. Kingpin, you're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you do got them dates. Mike, I got dates. This Saturday night, I'll be returning to Atlantic Pro Wrestling in Salisbury, Massachusetts. Find Atlantic Pro Wrestling on all social media platforms for ticket and card information. And then, Mike, my birthday, November 22nd, I'll be, uh, Thanksgiving Eve, I'll be with UFO Wrestling, defending the heavyweight championship against Bo Douglas. Giving all the fans a present for your birthday. <laughs> yes, exactly. I will accept presents from the fans, though, on my birthday, if they're so inclined. That's nice of you. <laughs> then, Mike, that Friday, Black Friday, I'll be heading to Brockton, Massachusetts, Top Rope Promotions. You can get tickets on brownpapertickets.com for that great event. And then rounding out the month, Mike, Sunday the 26th, Beyond Wrestling, the Electric Haze, 2 p.m. start time for this. Find Beyond uh, Wrestling Online.com and all over social media for ticket and card information. All right. And Brian Malonis at Comcast.net. That is your email for bookings. And you can also DM him on the Twitter at Brian Malonis couple more things here. Putting Over Podcasts. That is the name of a Facebook group that we've established to connect all pro wrestling podcasters and podcast fans. Just find us by searching Putting Over Podcasts on Facebook. Join and be a part of the community that's discussing pro wrestling talk. Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast with Mike Mills, Hard Buddy Harper, and Doc Turner. 
They're doing the Smoky Mountain Show on Sundays. They're doing the flagship show on Thursdays. MikeMills.Podbean.com to be a part of what's going on over there on the Booking the Territory feed. Also, our Vantage Point, speaking of classic wrestling, our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast with Joe and Quinn. They have a number of great segments in the show. The show flows really well. Great production value. We really recommend checking out our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are sold. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with our buddy Jason Stewart, along with Troy, Adam, Sal, and the rest. Stuff happening all week on that feed, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed. And of course, we hope you will continue to listen to the NAI Wrestling Network all week long for DC and Doc Talk, Rant with Ant, the Shattered Glass Cast, and of course, the New Age Insiders themselves. It's all here on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network, so subscribe today. All right, we are back on Thursday with the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. Just search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher to find us or go to BDARadio.com. Then you can come back here and join us one week from today, next Monday, for the WPAN on the NAI Wrestling Network, episode number 83. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I am Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks... For nothing.